everything set. Lord, came with something else, but I think it'll tie in. It'll tie in. So I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a hope to get the revelation today, but we'll see on how much <laughs> uh, we'll be able to get into today. But it'll, it'll be dealing with the end times anyway. So <laughs> to God be the glory. So, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about the mystery of Babylon and uh, pray, prayerfully we, we'll get there. Uh, but look, if he gives me more time, he gives me more time because this, this was not an easy subject for me. So, <laughs> and as much as I enjoy Revelation, it, it just wasn't easy. But um, we'll, we'll dig into the word. You know, uh, it's been it, 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 it's, it's been a week. You know, um, for those that were here Wednesday, we prayed for Mike. Um, I found out yesterday he passed away. Um, you know, but he, he left behind a, a good legacy. You know, and the, the players that he touched from a young age to adults, you know, he left his mark on them, you know, and we can only hope to leave our marks when it's time for us to go. You know, preferably we'll be raptured about it here, but, you know, if not, you know, we want to leave our legacy behind, you know. Um, he, he did a lot, like I said, he was paralyzed from the waist down, but, it, you know, weekly, he made sure he got the kids out there on the baseball field and was coaching them up. And he did it with more than one team. You know, um, yeah. So he put a lot. He put a lot of us baseball coaches to shame when we were retired. He was then still out there, rolling his wheelchair out there, and uh, picking up the kids and everything, and making sure when we were out of state that they didn't have to pay for anything. You know. So, um, but yeah. So pray for his family, uh, the Berry family. Amen. Amen. All right. So you know, I like I said, I was going to talk about the mystery of Babylon, and I. Preferably, we'll, we'll have time to, to at least start it. Uh, but I sat down at the computer yesterday, and the Lord just started downloading some other stuff. So, <laughs> just like what you say happened with you. <laughs> so, but, uh, Praise you, God. you know, it's all in God's timing, what God wants, not what I want. You know, so like I said in my prayers, I don't know who this will be for, uh, whether it's for us, uh, People out there, whoever, you know, I, and I looked at the podcast this week because I forgot I had created one, and uh, I never updated that one. But come to find out, because I told you the other one had somebody from Germany, Indonesia listening, the other one had somebody from Zimbabwe and somewhere else listening, <laughs> and, and somebody from Texas is tuning in. I don't know who, because uh, I only know my uncle out there, and I'm pretty confident it's not him. <laughs> pretty confident it's not my uncle. And my uncle out there, so, but, you know, uh, but anyway, so, you know, we know that God does not change, right? We, we know God doesn't change, and if God doesn't change, Jesus doesn't change, right? That's right. So, if, if God doesn't change, Jesus doesn't change, the Word says in Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, and if Jesus is the Word of God, that means the Word of God doesn't change. That's right. right? So, what the Lord started showing me is, is, is this, is that, you know, we have a habit of sometimes taking the word and fitting it into our lives instead of us taking our lives and fitting it into the word. Amen. And we've seen it happen over the years. You know, God created perfect order. When he created man, he created perfect order. We messed it up. <laughs> we messed it up. Adam, he created Adam perfect. Adam messed it up. And then he gives man another chance, right? So the flood comes, and then he establishes Noah, a preacher of righteousness in his family. Man still messes it up. All right? And then he comes and, and, and does what? Calls Abraham out. Right? And man still messes it up. And then even at the birth of the church, not even 20 years later, man still messes it up. Because what do we do? As man, you know, the church was there, and then people started wanting to get authority, wanted to start to get position, started wanting to take over, and just mess things up. That's not how God created the church to be. Right? You always hear me say, there's no one more anointed than another person. That is what's killed the church, has strangled the church, because we say, this person's anointed, that person, no. Everybody's anointed. Amen. Everybody who's a born-again believer is anointed, because we all have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So how can, if we have the same Holy Spirit on the inside of us, say, this person's more anointed than that person? And see, that's where man's messed up at, in the church, and we... we we tried to come, more revelation. And I'm sure you all probably heard this over the years where uh, we've had people try to predict the return of the Lord. Exactly. Right? Over the years, we've been saved long enough, we've had people do that. And 
It's like we always think we're smarter than God, smarter than Jesus. If Jesus, when he walked this earth, if he says no one knows but the Father, why would we think, as born-again believers today, that we're going to know what Jesus Christ didn't know? That's what gets us in trouble. We think we have more revelation than Jesus Christ, and we do not. <laughs> so we have to understand the word doesn't change. So we have to know. Now, we don't know the exact time, but like I've talked about before, we're going to know the seasons. Well, how do we know the seasons? And, and it should not catch us by surprise. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And you know what? This does deal with time. <laughs> so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Alright, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. So this is the Apostle Paul right here. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. So now, stop right there. He is talking about the end times here, the return of the Lord. So he's saying here to the church of Thessalonica, of the times and the seasons, you have no need that I should write to you. So what does that tell us? That means they should already know. Not that they should already, they do already know. And you know, the interesting part is this, when you read Acts, Paul only spent about, maybe about three weeks there. He didn't spend a long time here at the church of Thessalonica like he did with the church in Ephesus or the church in, uh, in, in Corinth, but he only spent a few weeks here. But yet he's saying, you should know, you, basically you know already, so I don't have to waste time talking about that. And you know what, the same thing should apply to us today. Of the times of the season, you have no need for me to even talk about that. Because we should know. And see, we're one up on the church of Thessalonica because guess what? We have the book of Revelation. We have the book of Revelation. So we should know. Right? So look at verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So when a thief comes, he doesn't make himself, he doesn't announce, right? He comes in, he's quiet, even if you're home, you're sleeping, he's going to break in at night and quiet. He's not going to say, hey, I'm here. But when the thief comes, he's coming for the valuable things, right? Just like when the day comes, the day of the Lord comes, he's coming for his saints that are valuable in his eyes. He's coming for his people. So just like a thief comes to take the jewelry, the money, and the things like that, the Lord's coming for his people. And that's how he values us, because he's not going to leave us here, right? So... Let's keep going. Verse 3. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. So labor pains. So you know, you women, when y'all had those babies, you had them in what? What's it? Epidural? Is that, that, that say, that say correctly? The epidural, yeah. Yeah, epidural, right? So there ain't going to be no epidural for them. <laughs> right? So the epidural helps with that pain. Am I correct? Yeah. So the epidural helps, helps with that pain. Right? So watch this. But... He says, they, for when they, so who are they? They are those who don't know the Lord. So it's going to catch them by surprise. They're going to say peace and safety because there is coming a time where it is going to be peace. Why? Because there is going to be the Antichrist here, but there is going to be a time where there is going to be peace. He's going to establish peace and things like that. But he's saying it's going to be they who are going to be deceived. But we're going to know because we, we should know the times and the seasons. Why? Because Jesus warns us of these. Right? We, we talked about it uh, a month or two ago with the frequent of the floods, frequent of the earthquakes, and the things like that. So we know as these things keep happening that his return is soon. We don't know exactly when, but we know. So it shouldn't catch us by surprise. Why not? Verse 4. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So we should not be caught by surprise by it. So we don't know when he's coming, but we know he's coming. And then since we know he's coming, so with all the things going on out there in the world, sometimes we get a habit, man, how is this going on? Why is this going on? This wouldn't be going on years before. And it's like quick, boom, boom, boom. Even what, three years ago, there's things happening today that wouldn't happen three years ago. Or oh, maybe even a year ago. It's constantly changing and more and more sin is coming and happening in this world right before our eyes. The things that used to be repulsive and bothered us no longer bother us. And that must be because why? Because the enemy has taken over the airwaves. Right? And he's placed things before our eyes. So now we're like, we're, we're so used to sin now. So now, you know, like 
being back, going back to the 80s, <laughs> we're old enough. So going back to the 80s, you know, there's just certain things you, you wouldn't see two gay guys holding hands on TV. Mm -hmm. that, that, that wouldn't be accepted. Yeah. But now it's normal. Right? And we know what the scriptures tell us. So, but we know as the day approaches, it's not going to catch us off guard. So we should not be surprised by these things happening. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus warns us. And not only that, Revelation warns us. And see, man, let me hold my place right there. I was at, what was that? Verse 4, right? Yes. Why should we know about Revelation? Why? Because the thing is, a lot of Christians don't even read Revelation. Y'all heard me say that before. Charismatic Christian. And this is where you need to ask yourself this. When's the last time you read Revelation straight through? Because we should be Revelation. We should be reading Revelation straight through. Why? Because it prepares us for even in this season. You know why? Let's turn to Revelation uh, chapter 1. There's not too many books where the Bible says where you will be blessed for reading and hearing. But it happens in Revelation. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. chapter 1 says this, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. So, those who read and hear the words of this prophecy are blessed. But what else? And keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near. So, we should read it, we should hear it, and we should do what? Keep it. Read it, hear it, and keep it is what we should be doing. But we don't keep it because we don't read it like we should. We don't hear it like we should. And, and, and I don't know if I just said this a little bit ago. But you have Christians that say, I'm afraid of reading Revelation. Why? Because if you look at it, most charismatic, most non-denominated churches believe in pre-tribulation. So if you don't think you're going to be here, why are you afraid to read? Yeah. Right? Okay. So why is it important for us to read? Because now we know, just in the first, in chapters 2 and chapter 3 alone, we know that we wouldn't be a lukewarm church. Right? The church of Laodicea. He warns that. Christ brings warning. Right? So what else we wouldn't be? We wouldn't be a dead church. Right? And we will learn to be a faithful church. We won't be a compromising church. And we will know how to handle ourselves in persecution, just like he spoke to the church in, in, in uh, Smyrna. We will know how to handle persecution. These are things that are all established in Revelation just in the first two chapters. Well, chapter 2 and chapter 3. Right? We wouldn't be a loveless church. We would know how to love. And it's not just a church going into a building, but church as in you and I. Mm -hmm. We would know how to function and how to live. Out these things. You know, I had a conversation with somebody this week. And, and I guess y'all probably asked people before. When you ask somebody how the church is going... What do people normally say? Oh, we're growing. We got this here for the youth. We got this going for this. We but nobody ever says how the people are growing. We get so fascinated and fixated, rather, on things that we're building, things that we're doing, even the outreach stuff that we're doing, but we never take time to figure out how the people inside are growing. Because, you know what? As a whole church, we don't think about it. So when somebody asks me, Rasan, how's the church going? You know what I said? I repeat, I listen to the comments that are replayed. I have never heard that before. Man, I have never experienced that before since we started. Or we had, those are things that I tell them. That, that's what people say. Right? I don't even tell them that I'm going to look for a building. Which is tomorrow, by the way. So don't let me forget to talk about that at the end of service. But I don't even talk about that. But I talk about how people are growing. Because that is the church. See, we get so fixated on positions, titles. It's not of God for everybody to have a position and title in the church. It's not. All right? Because, and you think about it, because we always say, and I've said it, where, you know, nobody should be a, a regular church goer. But you know what? I thought about it. Maybe that's kind of true. Where you come in, you sit down, you learn, and then you go out there and you do the work of the ministry. Because that's what it's designed for. But see, 
sometimes we have a habit as Christians, we feel like we can't be used by God unless we're ministering in church. This is why you have so many Christians, especially men, walking around down, they don't know their purpose, or they're struggling to fill that purpose because they think they have to fulfill it within the side of a church building. But if we're the church, we can be church anywhere <coughs> in this world, no matter right. where we at. So it's not just about the building, but we still gather because he will tell us, right, as the day approaches, we still gather. Why? So we can edify, comfort one another. Amen. You talked about that last week. So that's what we, we have to do. But we still go out and we be the church because that's what Jesus did. All right, so let's go back to Thessalonians. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 5 again. Uh, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So, sons of light and of day. And I thought, so you know all love definition. And I said, well, okay, so I know what light is, but... This light is a little bit different. So this light here in verse 5 actually means of truth. So we are people of truth. In its knowledge and spiritual purity. So what does purity mean? Purity means free from contamination and immorality. So immorality is a state of wickedness. So Jesus has come and saved us and now made us children of light. So now we don't dibble and dabble in the things that we used to before we came to Christ. And, and see, part of the things that I'm seeing, and this is how I know we don't read certain things, certain, uh, certain books in the Bible, is because now it's convenient for Christians just to go sin and then come back in the church. Now, I'm not talking about, like I normally say, not slipping up, but these people who practice those things. And guess what? They're not saved. It is what it is. That, that's what Galatians tells us. They're not saved. You want it. If you practice these certain things, you know, and I'm not just talking about adultery, fornication, witchcraft, idolatry, covetedness, uh, outbursts of anger. That shouldn't be as children of light. We, we should not have those things in us as children of light, especially in these end times. All right. So continue with verse five. It says we are not of night nor of darkness. So darkness means ignorance and respecting divine things and human duties and the accompanying and the accompanying ungodliness and immorality and what it brings. So, as children of light, we're not dark, so we're not ignorant of the dark things. Right? We, we, don't, we don't do those things. So, ignorant meaning not knowing. So, I had a conversation with somebody earlier this week, and uh, she was asking me a question, asking me my opinion in reference to a particular uh, pastor, a uh, church, rather that. Uh, that she used to attend, and um, I told her, don't worry about them. What are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? Stop worrying about them. And um, I told her, I said, you have unforgiveness in your heart. And she said, no, it's not that, it's not that. I said, yeah, it is. I said, because right now, you're not going to that church, but you're not going to any church. And I said, you know, I told you over a year ago you needed to go and Say your peace to him, but now you allow the fest it. And so she goes, well, you don't understand. I said, no, I do understand because I've been there. So this is why we don't allow things to fester. Mm -hmm. right? Because what happens is now we start to get dark mm -hmm. when we allow that unforgiveness, that anger, that strife, that bitterness to, fe to fester in us. And then what happens? Now, instead of being children like, we start to become dark. And it, what happens is this. It pulls us away from the things of God. Well, how do we know? Let's keep going. Verse 6, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So let us not sleep. That word sleep means yield to laziness and sin. See, we have Christians, and this is another thing I asked Christians about recently, uh, a couple of them. And I was talking to somebody today, as a matter of fact. I said, do not allow the church to be your relationship with God. See, I said, because... That's really a form of laziness, the fact that we don't take the time out in our own personal walk to spend time with God. Amen. And then we wonder how we become so distant from God. Because, and really, it's just laziness. Because we don't feel like it. We, we can blame it on our flesh, but it is a flesh, but it's our laziness. Because if you just sit around long enough, you become what? A lump on a log, right? Alright, so we're to watch. It says here, watch. That means give strict attention 
Be cautious. Take heed lest through remission and laziness some destructive calamity suddenly overtake you. So even in these end times, we're to watch. See, we can see the things going on, and guess what? We're to pray, but we don't get caught up in those things. Why? Because if we get caught up in these things, we get sidetracked. We become distracted, and we become distracted off of the Word of God. See, Jesus, y'all hear me say, Jesus already laid everything out for us. But we have to walk in it. But if we sit up here and allow ourselves to become distracted. See, they, they, they're saying in the military, a distracted soldier is a dead soldier. A soldier that has that's deployed and has his mind back at home on things going on at home. Now they're distracted. And now, just like the enemy roaming around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's why Christians and people are getting picked off left and right. See, because as God's children, he's going to watch over us. He's going to allow us to fulfill our plans and our purposes that He's called us to. Not that we call us to, ourselves to, but He called us to. Especially these end times because He waited for us to be in this time, this season. This is the season for us. He didn't put us back in some other time frame, but now. So we all have a plan. We all have a purpose that He has for us to do. And we have to know that purpose. Alright, so be sober. Be sober means to be calm. Discreet, subtle, low-key. So even with all the stuff going on in the world, we are not to be raised up. We should still remain calm. Why? Because we know Jesus is coming. We know Jesus is in control. Regardless of what's going on, he's in charge. He knows what's going on. And nothing happens in this world without his okay, Amen. his approval. That's right. We see that in the scriptures. So who cares what the government says? <laughs> you know, who cares about that? We know that God's in control. Right? We, we, we need to do what the Word says. Especially in these end times because, guess what? The government is not going to be our friend. As Christians, the government is not going to be our friend. We obey in certain things, but the government is not to be our friends. And we shouldn't seek friendship from the government. We shouldn't seek out programs from the government to assist them. Because even churches, churches will take Funding and everything else from the government. Those are things we shouldn't be seeking. Why? Because there's enough resources just in the church alone for us to survive. And see, even in the end times, even during the tribulation, when Israel has to flee into the wilderness, you heard me say this before, God's got a place prepared for them right. where they're going to be taken care of. And guess what? Now, see, they, they won't be able to get stuff like McDonald's and stuff like that. <laughs> but guess what? It'll be probably manna flowing from heaven, just like the scriptures. And they're going to be taken care of. And just like the church that are still here, they're going to be taken care of. You know, being low-key, I had somebody this week, actually a deputy chief at work. He said, he said, let me ask you something. He said, are you a pastor? I said, yeah. He said, I never knew. So I'm looking at like, <laughs> and then, and then um, he says, no, nah, he said, I can't remember who told me, but somebody told me that, and I was like, I, I never knew. He said, not, not that I would doubt it, you know, in things that you do, but I just never, you, you know, you just don't brag about it. You don't say anything about it. And then somebody standing there to listen there, and I don't know if the person was saved or not, but he says, well, he says, I think that's how it should be. He said, I, he said, for him, he said, he gets concerned when people go around bragging about their pastors and things like this. He says he gets concerned about it because why are you doing it? I said, nope, I just go, I live my life. And I, I said, plus, if everybody knows, then they want you to do everything. You know, can you marry me here? Can you say the grace here? And, and, and do it like that. And, but I said, no, I just, I just walk the walk. And then the guy said, that's how it should be. See, but that's how it should be. We don't have to go around telling people and seeing what we've come to do in this day and age, we come to brag about who we are, mm -hmm. the positions that we have. Oh, I do this in my church. I, no. That, look, your church could be going tomorrow. Right? Just a simple fire. It could be going tomorrow. And, and then, what do you do? Because if all your eggs are in that basket, if that defines who you are, instead of your relationship with Christ That's defining right. who you are, then you're going to be in trouble. Amen. I had no intention on talking about any of this stuff. <laughs> I 
right, verse 7. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and the helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse 9. For, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to attain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, and whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Verse 11. Therefore, comfort each other. So that word comfort is the same word for comforter. When Jesus says, I will bring, I will send you another comforter. So comfort each other, meaning come alongside to help. This is why we draw closer to one another as the day approaches. So we can comfort one another. And we can help one another. And edify. Edify means to build up and encourage. Edify one another, just as you also are doing. So this church in Thessalonica, they were already doing it. And like I said, hey, Paul ain't spent a lot of time here. Why? Because they studied the scriptures. They took heed to what Paul was teaching, and they studied the scriptures. So we have to know what the word says. And I can't stress that enough. We can't change the word. We can't manipulate the word. So how do we, and we unknowingly do it. We don't know what to do. So how do we know? So me and my wife, we, we visited a church uh, a few months back, and, and, and they had a guest speaker that day. And the speaker, all he kept saying was, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. And everybody shouting, amen, hallelujah. But not, he said that probably at least 20, 30 times. I kid you not, throughout the whole time. And everybody shouting, but not one time did he say the first half of that verse. Submit unto God. Submit unto God. But see, we want to resist the devil, and then we wonder why we struggle sometimes. Because we didn't get the first part right. So if we don't get the first part right, as God's children, how are we going to resist the devil? We're going to give in to temptation. We're going to do certain things that we have no business doing. Why? Because we're not submitted to God. Why? Because we're being lazy. And then the sin nature starts to take over. What we thought was dead was only dormant, right? And you heard me talk about the tents of the stake, right? The stakes coming up. And then all of a sudden, now our flesh come up, and then we start acting out on those things. And then guess what? We go to church, sing hallelujah, and then go back out, and we sing. That shouldn't be. True story. And I think I, I might have told this before. This is years ago, no church in Virginia. <laughs> so there was a, a married guy. He's going to visit somebody, and she's on the praise and worship team. I don't even know why he was going over there. But anyway, she opens the door. I like that one. And with ulterior motives. To her dismay and shock that he had somebody else there. With. But what would have happened if that person went there? But they'll go right back and next Sunday be right there singing praise and worship. These things shouldn't be going on in church. And we should not condone those things that happen like that. Never. Never, ever, ever. Why? Because it does the person no good. Especially in these times. Especially these times, so we, we have to be careful, we have to be guarded, and like I said, we have all been gifted, we have all been given talents, and we have to know what our purpose is, what God has created us to be here for, especially in this season. We can't just sit back, and we can't just sit up here and just go through the motions, because going through the, it's easy to go through the motions, and, and like I said, get lazy. Just like I can sit there on the couch, and, and if I'm not careful, watch sports all day. See, there is coming, and it's partly already here, a rebellion against the things of God. We're not to the point where we're facing persecution like other countries, but it is coming. And there is a strong rebellion that's going to take place. And you know what? And I don't know if I said there's a lot of young people, 18, 19, 20 years old, that have never been in church. Never been in church. Because I, I mentioned before, now people don't get married in churches anymore. Alright, so they never been in church, never heard a sermon preached, never read a Bible, and they don't even believe in the things of God. And let me tell you how deception is in these end times. And it started out years ago. You look at these Marvel, DC superheroes, what do they do? So we they paint the image of the superhero being good, but you know when they talk, because I, I don't know if y'all ever thought about it, how are all these people going to get in the battle of Armageddon to fight Jesus? You know, I'm like, how, what are they thinking of? You know, I used to think, it's like, why would they think they could fight the Lord? You know, <laughs> but it makes sense that the devil is so slick because what he does with a lot of these villains, he paints it to be where they have little uh, 
Jesus in there from the Bible in Revelation. They'll be like, oh, he's the one. Or they come in with uh, a horse. Or he has something written on the vessel. Something that the villain paints that way. And then, so now we wonder as time goes on, they're going yeah, to think Jesus is a villain. They're going to think that Jesus is an alien. Because what, what are they talking about now? UFOs, aliens, and things like that now. Right? It's all a setup. It's all a setup. But we have to know the time and the season. And we have to know we will be on... You better be praying that you're on that side. <laughs> right? So we have to know what we're in because we're, 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 we're being subjected to stuff that's not biblical. Right? So there was a pastor that was teaching about the vaccine being the mark of the beast. Well, we know that the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. And I tell you now, any leader or any teacher that says that, you just don't need to listen to them because they're not reading the scriptures. And we're going to get to a scripture here in a little bit about that. I'm going to make sure I'm going to read that. So we have to know the Bible is the standard. That's where the word canon comes from. Yeah, we know Jesus is coming back to rule with a rod of iron. Right? Iron is hard. It's straight. It doesn't bend. So if, if, if we're not willing to live right with now, what makes us think we're going to live right then? Yeah. And we can't, we can't make excuses. Oh, no, I, I, you know, I'll get it right tomorrow or next week. No, we don't because we're not promised tomorrow. Right. Especially if you're not walking in his plans and purposes and you're out of his will. You're not promised tomorrow. Alright, so the problem is what we have done is this. It has come to things that we have either taught the beliefs people have grown up with instead of what the word of God says. So, if I was to ask you who the bride of Christ is, what would y'all say? Who is it? The church. How do you know that?
but it's all throughout charismatic and non-denominational church. And people will swear up and down. That's it. That's why I say it. You don't know whether it's pre-trip, post-trip, a-trip. We don't know. And But that is something that started by man. So if it's if it, it, it gets away from, because we what we do is we get revelation. And then when you study these people out who came up with these things, they're just like the people on Bethlehem. That's why I said there's, there's nothing new. Nothing new. Because it's the same spirits that people are dealing with. And we just have to be careful of that. And then the other thing is, you know, we got this new age thinking, Google that, I don't need this, I don't need that. I can just do it. That God ties back to those who just have, who say, well, I have the Holy Ghost. I don't need to learn this because the Holy Ghost talks to me all the time. The Holy Ghost ain't talking to you every day like that. Hmm. <laughs> no. Because guess what? If, if, if the prophets had to wait days before they got an answer, and, and trust me, they walk with the Lord, <laughs> then, you know, you, you're not talking, the Lord's not talking to you like that every day where you hear his voice and everything. So, but be careful of that. And, you know, we, I, I say all that to this, because I, I know some of this thing is a shock to your system. <laughs> uh, there used to be a cartoon about that. <laughs> that my son used to watch, have me watching. But uh, anyway, it's, we have to be careful because we have a lot of books and a lot of things out there and we think it's the word of God. We have people making predictions and things like that. And we have to know the word. We have to know the word. And the fact that the word of God has not changed. So whether it was in Jesus' day, whether it was in Apostle Paul's day, it still stayed the same. And it's the same then as it is today. So we should still be seeing the same things that they saw, doing the same things, but we don't have to make up lies and say, well, this happened to me, that. No. The Word of God is the Word of God. It doesn't change. The Word of God is real. It's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. And the thing about the Word of God doesn't matter in what language. <laughs> right? You, talk, you touched on that last week. It doesn't matter what language. It doesn't matter what language, where you are. At in the world, the Word of God is still the same. And guess what? Revelation and end times are still going to be the same, no matter where we're at. Alright, so... So, the Bible tells us that, that, that at the end of this age, there will be a feature of a great rebellion against God. The people of the earth will gather together alongside the Antichrist to battle the King of Kings. So I talked about how they setting up so this will not be a symbolic spiritual conflict, as some believe, but it will be outright physical conflict. Okay? So let's turn to uh, Revelation 17. to get in at verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names, a blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Verse 7, But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which was the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. So, uh, Oh, let's keep reading. Verse 9. 
Here is the mind which has the wisdom, seven heads and seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is, in, is himself also the eighth, and is of the seven, and is going to perdition. All right, we can stop right there. Um, so, real quick. So, you know, a lot of times we, we get fearful in reference to uh, a world takeover and things like that, like World War Three, somebody take over. You know what? God would always put an end to that because the scriptures define what the world empires would be from the beginning of time. So he says here in, uh, what was it, verse uh, 10, he said, talks about seven kings, right? So he says, five have fallen. So what are the five that have fallen? Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. The violence and the great. So those are the five that have fallen. And then one is. So what was Babylon in John's day? Rome. Right? And then he says what? Yeah, the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. So, Revelation gives us a lot of things that prepares us. Alright, so let's backtrack first. Alright, so he mentions Babylon here. And a mystery. So what, what, what is a mystery? A mystery is usually something that is hidden, something concealed, right? So when we come into the New Testament, uh, really, an example of that is this. Well, in the New Testament, it's no longer a mystery. Because what was concealed in the Old Testament is now revealed in the New Testament. So where the prophets, they, they can prophesy and see the Messiah, what they couldn't see was the church. They couldn't see the church age. They didn't see the church age. So that was a mystery to them. All right. So, and, and, you know, we're not going to know everything. Just like we know that God loves us. But we don't fully know and understand his love for us. Because we can only relate to it on a human level. But God's love is so deep and so great and unmerciful, you know, and merciful rather, because he loves even the sinners. Right? So he loved us enough even when we rejected him. So how many of us can do that with another human being or even our brothers and sisters in Christ that, that do us wrong? Right? So, we, you know, we like I don't hold on to grudges. I, that's how I've always been. I don't hold on to grudges a long time. I may be mad for an hour. But that's about it. I usually get over it. Alright, so, but some people don't have that ability. Some people carry it on and on and on and on, but that's just me. That, that's how I'm wired. Okay? Everybody's not wired that way. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a good thing for us not to hold on to grudges and things like that. But I say all to say because God is long-suffering. And we can't fully understand how long-suffering He is with our natural mind. One day, we probably would. But right now, as long as we're in this body, we don't fully understand that. Alright, so, even though things are revealed, even though things we're not going to understand everything, and part of the issue that gets the church in trouble is, we try to figure everything out. And then when we try to figure everything out, we guess at it. We, we, we guess at it, and then we make denominations, we make doctrines over stuff, and, and that shouldn't be. Through speculation. Yep, yep, yep. So, it's mentioned here in Babylon, right? So we talked about the church in Babylon. So we know about Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar's day. Okay, so Babylon is mentioned 287 times. At least in the New King James Version. I don't know what version everybody has. So New King James Version is mentioned 287 times. So what do we know about Babylon? Babylon is the second most mentioned city in the Bible outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mentioned about 800 times. We know that they contrast each other. We know Jerusalem is God's city. Babylon is the enemy city, right? Babylon is the world culture. So we don't just attribute uh, and limit Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar's day because actually Babylon actually started way before that. But the spirit that was in Babylon still goes on today, and that is that Antichrist spirit that, that, uh, that even John talked about. All right, so Babylon is the result of apostasy against God's plan of salvation. So... Babylon is located in Iraq, the original Babylon, located in Iraq, about 50 miles, uh, I think, south of Baghdad. 
Alright, so some of us probably already aware of that. We probably heard of that. But what we may not know is this, like Saddam Hussein. He was fascinated with Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. Now, y'all know he's not alive no more. Alright, so with, uh, he tried to rebuild Babylon and he had a palace there. And, and what he did was he wanted to be the incarnation of Nebuchadnezzar. So that's what will make somebody like that dangerous because that right there is a demonic spirit. Why? Because he's trying to take on, because we know Nebuchadnezzar was a conqueror. Right? Even though we established before that he was God's servant, he still did some evil things. He, he, he still killed people. He still slaughtered, burned cities. So just imagine with Saddam having that mindset, we can realize and see God's sovereignty in that. And even in his death, because Isaiah tells us, the book of Isaiah tells us that Babylon is no longer to be inhabited anymore. But yet here Nebuchadnezzar, not Nebuchadnezzar, Saddam Hussein was trying to raise it up again. And it wasn't supposed to be that way. And guess what? So when American soldiers came in, guess what? They, they defamed it. They, they destroyed it with graffiti and things like that. Because it wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be. So we got to be careful. When I say there's nothing new, history repeats itself. Man may change somewhat as a, the body, but the spirit of the Antichrist is still going to be there to cause havoc. But see, God's got his hand over there because he can't be released until God removes his hand. And that's what we have to be mindful of. And that's why we're supposed to remain sober in this and be calm even in these end times. We, we, we shouldn't allow ourselves to get excited or in the uproar when we see these things going on. But you know what we should do? We should pray even more fervently in these times. And the uh, Isaiah 13 is where God said uh, um, Babylon won't be inhabited no more. So we know no matter what time frame we're in in the world, we got two sets of people. We either got people that's on the Lord's side or people that's not. That, that, that that's just how it is. From the beginning of time to the end of time, till he comes, that, that's just the way it is. We're going to have two groups of people. There, there's no middle ground or anything like that. You're either on the Lord's side or you're not. Okay? So, how do we know that? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 13. And I'm going to come back to 17, but probably not tonight. Alright, so Revelation 13, uh, verse 16 and 17. So how do we know that even the vaccine is not the mark of the beast? Right here. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark. On where? Their right hand or their foreheads. And that no man may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So we take all these things, and I say we as in the church, and even, even those outside the church. And, and it's funny, those that, that you, you still have people, I don't know if you've come across them, but I've had people over the years that are unsaved, and they'll come talking about the book of Revelation. They just get excited about it. But they will not give their heart to the Lord. And the thing about it, Revelation talks about that. How even how when the plagues and the boils attack their body, guess what? They still won't repent. They're going to curse God. And it's hard for us to imagine that. It's hard for us to imagine that. But that's just the wickedness of sin. That's why I say sometimes, yeah, we have the Antichrist spirit out there, and we can't blame the devil for everything. Because guess what? The devil can't make us do certain things. Right. You know, but we, we can't, it's our own sin nature, and I'm saying own as a human, as in mankind. But Jesus, as born again Christians, he's delivered us from those things. All right, so let's turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. So even with the vaccine, it is like a precursor to the mark of the beast. I will say that. It is a precursor to the mark of the beast, but it is not the mark of the beast. Trust me, you will know. Because what I didn't say was this. That word mark there actually means uh, an engraving, an etching, a tattoo. So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a symbol on the right hand and the forehead. He tells us this. So we can't get caught up. In garbage, I should say. Alright? Alright. Revelation 20, beginning at verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they 
sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness, Jesus, and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So basically, even in the end times, even in tribulation, it's going to be either you're on the Lord's side or you're not. Same thing today. We're either on the Lord's side or we're not. So, like I said, even if somebody says they go to church, if they're practicing certain things, then they're not on the Lord's side. It, 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 we call it what it is. They're not on the Lord's side. No sense on deceiving them or anything like that. It is what it is. And we don't deceive them, but we speak the truth because we love them. Alright, so those who worship the Lord are described as saints. The word saints is from the Greek hagion, which simply means holy ones. Alright, so this is not given to especially righteous people, but to anyone who's been saved by Christ. This is why I say we're all, we're all holy. We're, we're all called by God. We're all anointed by God. So it's not that, and see, what we've done in the church today, we've allowed man to become mediators. And there ain't but one mediator. That's right. Word, that word ain't again. There is not one mediator between man and God. That's Christ Jesus. So it's not going to the priest in the Catholic. And see, we talk about the Catholic, but you know what? We do it in the church today. Even in the charismatic and non-denominational church. We point the finger at the Catholic, but you know, we copy some of the same things. We, you know, we may not worship Mary and things like that, but some of the things they do there, we do it in the church today. And, and those are some of the things we copy, but no. Every one of us has an access to the Father. Every one of us. You don't have to go through man that's right. for that. We have an access to the Father. And that's what I don't understand, especially with Christians, is, well, I know why it happens, because it's the way the church functioned as a whole, right? The system of the church, that's the way it functioned as a whole, but that's not how God designed it that way, right? So even as Jesus Christ died for each and every person, and we receive His Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we have access to the Father, Amen. direct access. So it's not that you have to call somebody up and say, hey, I need this. You know, just like we've had people that come here just for a prayer request, just to get that prayer. No, you can go to God yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can touch and agree, absolutely, because you know what? We may all have moments where we may be weak in our faith. That's okay. That's okay. But you don't need to go through another man or another woman to get to God. You can get to God no matter where you're at, whether you're at home, whether you're at church, whether you're in your car, whether you're in the bathroom, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're at, what time of day, he's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's right. Amen. So I am going to stop right there and I'll pick that up um, from there. Because I, I do want to go back uh, with Babylon, because we're going to trace that all the way back to... Uh, Genesis, okay, and some of the things that went on back there, they're still going on today, okay, amen.